You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Nathan Sather, your host this morning, coming from a very chilly studio here in Fargo. And we just talked with uh, Hannah uh, from the New Life Center here in Fargo, talking about some of the work they do with homeless men in the Fargo area. And so it just seemed fitting to find uh, another guest that could kind of help us and find out more about these topics and how work's being done to promote these sorts of things and help people in a different part of our listening area. So we're going to take a little jaunt down I-29 on the interstate, and we're going to end up in Sioux Falls, where we're going to talk here to Madeline Shields from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. Madeline, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. I always These are my favorite kind of, of things on Real Presence Radio, is to be able to meet people from our local area through this strange medium we have called radio. Uh, it's actually a very intimate form of communication, especially when you're you know, in your car or, or at home and these things are just kind of happening as you're doing your, your daily life. So I always enjoy meeting uh, different people from around our area. So if you could in- introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do there at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House so our listeners can get to know you a little better. Sure. My name is Madeline Shields. I am originally from Sioux Falls. I grew up here. Um, I am the youngest of 11 children. Whoa! Yeah, I'm the baby. <laughs> hey, the youngest is always the best. These, these are just facts. People should understand this. <laughs> um, and I am the executive director of the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, which is an emergency homeless shelter. Um, we provide temporary emergency shelter for anyone who comes to our doors. We have 80 beds for men, 20 beds for women, and we have seven family rooms. Now, I'm assuming that you are a Catholic, is that correct? I am. Yes, I am. I'm a member of St. Michael Parish here in Sioux Falls. Oh, wonderful. So I'm, I'm curious, like, how people get to where they're at. So what, what was it about your faith or, or your lived experience that said, oh, yeah, I want to take on this really challenging position of being the executive director of an emergency uh, hospitality house? Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's, things just kind of happen. Um, I think we just have to follow our hearts and, and know um, when to say yes. Um, I worked at uh, – I, I originally was a – a journalist for many years, for about 13 years, and then stayed home to raise my boys. And then I got a call um, to go and work at the banquet, which is a, a feeding ministry. Um, many people would, would assume that it would be called a soup kitchen, but the banquet is not a soup kitchen. It is, it is a place where people gather and, and are able to eat um, with the volunteers that cook and serve the meals. And so I worked there for 14 years, which is directly across the street from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. And so when this uh, opportunity became available, I thought about it a lot and thought, what am I thinking? And um, decided to move forward with the process. And here I am, and I am blessed to be here. Wow. If you don't mind me asking, where, what did you do journalism in? Was it broadcast or print or... Um, kind of all of the above, and I started in radio. Um, I worked in television and radio uh, mostly, and then I freelanced for a long time as well. So, oh. 
um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of, of that. So I think that has helped me um, in this calling because I have become the voice of many people whose voices are not heard. No, well, and, and, and please explain, because I, I always think God puts us in situations to get trained, to, to, to like learn something we're going to need to know for an application he doesn't have for, for much longer down in, in the future. So what, expound on that a little bit. I'd be very interested to learn. Well, I think people um, have preconceived notions about what homeless people are or who homeless people are, and all of that just needs to get tossed to the side. Because, um, you know, oftentimes we see in our minds those people that are standing um, on the freeways or they're holding signs and um, anything will help. Or um, that is such a very small, small portion of what homelessness um, represents. Um, We see families who have been displaced, um, not just because of the pandemic, but um, what we we really don't realize, I think, is, you know, a family that is struggling to make ends meet and living paycheck to paycheck, um, they're getting along fine. You know, they, they pay the rent, they go to work, they pay the rent, they put gas in their cars, they um, pay their bills. They have very little money for food, which is why places, um, you know, Feeding ministries are, are very helpful. And the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House also serves meals. Um, we serve lunch every day, and it's open to the public, anybody who wants to come in and eat. And so those meals are very helpful for families who are working poor. Um, however, when they get a flat tire and they need a new tire, um, I think a lot of people don't understand how difficult that is. Because now you can't get to work if you don't get your tire fixed. Right. So you you pay that $50 and you get your tire fixed, but now you can't pay your electric bill. And that's what starts this spiral. And then you pay your electric bill after it's been late for three months because you couldn't pay the whole thing. And now you're short on your rent. Because too many people think, well, people just need to save their money. But when you have nothing left over... There is not one penny to spare. It's not easy to save any money. And so that's where people are are really, really struggling. And that is, uh, sadly, the majority of people living in the United States. People live paycheck to paycheck. They are hardworking. They just don't have enough to live. And that's where we see our families um, become homeless. You know, they'll, um, we, we have seven family rooms, and they're always full. And we work with Minnehaha County to help those folks um, get reestablished in, into a place of their own as quickly as possible. Our individuals are very much the same. However, a lot of times many of our guests suffer with uh, mental illness, and any, any kind of... Um, difficulties that they have uh, medically just compounds everything. And so there is just not enough mental health help for the number of people who are suffering with very minor um, health crisis. Um, 
They just need a little help to get back on track. And and the biggest problem is that there just is not that minimal amount of help, which just compounds things, and then they become homeless. If you're just tuning in, this is uh, Nathan Sather with Real Presence Live, and we're talking to Madeline Shields from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. Uh, when, when you say there's not enough, you know, that mental help, I just mean there's not enough um, like clinicians, or I don't even know what the word is, therapists or counselors, or do you mean like there's not enough like medical resources? What, what What's lacking there, do you think, Madeline? The resources are not there. You know, maybe you and I can call our, our doctor and say, um, I've, I've got something wrong with me. Can you get me in? And, and we can get in. Um, people who are working all the time, making ends meet, they don't regularly go to doctors. They might not have a family doctor that they know because if they're working jobs that they can't leave during the day, then that is not a priority. They don't ever go to the doctor unless it's a major medical issue, and that's usually acute care after work hours. And so there's really no one that they can turn to. If they call you know, uh, an establishment, you know, there's a huge waiting list if you're not an an already uh, an established patient patient there. And so it's just a real challenge for people to get help. There are not, there just aren't the resources for mental health like there is for anything else. It's something that we can't see. And so it's, it's like it's invisible. It's not there. And it's, and it's a, and it's no different than cancer or um, having the flu or being ill with with whatever ailment you have. Mental health is exactly the same, but there are stigmas attached to it. And so that's what many of our guests um, see. You know, the Bishop Dudley House is different in the fact that we take everyone here, whoever comes to our doors, um, as long as they are... Um, not a threat to themselves or to the other guests or to the staff. They're more than welcome to be in our building. And that sometimes means people who are under the influence. Um, We are the only homeless shelter that allows people in who are under the influence. Now, they cannot have any alcohol or drugs on our property. They can't use it on our property. However, we do not turn people away who are in their most desperate situation and they need us more than ever. Is that normal? I guess I would have assumed that more places would take folks because, yeah, if you're inebriated or whatever the case may be, your, your need would seem to be higher, not lesser. Right. No, most shelters are zero tolerance. We're the only one in Sioux Falls that is that it allows people in who are under the influence. Interesting. Now we've got about a minute or so here left before our break, but I'm curious when you broke down the numbers, I think you said there were 70 male and 20 female uh, beds. Was, did I get those numbers right? Um, 80. Or 80, 80. 80 beds for men. Yeah, 80 beds for men and 20 beds for women, and we are often over capacity. Um, we'll see in the winter months anywhere up to 130 men and 36 to 40 women. Um, but now as summer and spring uh, will be upon us, we will see fewer people. Just a quick um, statistics of our 2020. Uh, we served um, 1,500 individual guests. 
That means they may have stayed multiple nights, but those were unique individuals, so about 1,500. Um, we had 44 families stay here and 78 children in 2020. Currently, we have 16 children staying in our shelter. Wow. We served about 30,000 lunches last year. We did 16,000 showers and 4,200 loads of laundry for people. Um, anyone can come in and use our day services. We are a day shelter and an overnight shelter. And we rely primarily, more than 90%, our private donations. So we go out and um, we tell our story over and over again, hoping that people will um, look at our ministry and, and see that it is something that they would love to support. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we're going to come up here against our break, Madeline, but we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk to you a little bit more about the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House and all the wonderful things we're looking, or learning about uh, this morning. And we'll do that just on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I think Catholic Radio gives us an opportunity to be family as a church, number one, um, to connect in places where distance is huge in our part of the country. And um, we are inundated with uh, the influence of secular media in our world today. Um, I think that Catholic Radio presents that worldview that is really necessary. And um, I really uh, feel that as parents in particular, those of you who have younger children, are really uh, blessed to have this opportunity to have programming that encourages young people to think outside the box that they're getting on all the other social media that they're exposed to. I think Catholic Catholic media is a world of friends. It's um, not only just a friend uh, as you listen to the people that you know. We need to be strengthened in our voice as a church and as uh, faithful Catholics. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today, and we're talking this morning, uh, this time with Madeline Shields from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House and our much warmer friends to the south in Sioux Falls there. And uh, Madeline, we were just kind of talking about some of the statistical breakdown of the things you do, but also the, the 
number of beds for males and females. And I guess I would have assumed that it would be closer to, to even because there would be more single moms with kids that would find themselves in more uh, homeless or emergency homeless type of situations. Is, am I completely off there? No, there are most of the most of the the families that come through our family rooms are um, single mothers. Oh, okay, children. gotcha. Yes, and so, um, however, we can't mix families with individuals. We cannot have homeless individuals um, staying with families, and so we have a whole separate secure area in a different part of our building um, that is just for our families and for the children there. Um, the, the difference, the disparity between men and women is that women, um, for the most part, women have children. And so they, um, have more resources to stay housed. Um, there is more help for, for women with children. Oh, I never, Um, yeah, that that makes sense. I never would have thought of that. Right. So there is, um, SNAP, which is, um, Supplemental Nutrition Program is formerly called Food Stamps. You know, there's housing programs for women with children because nobody wants children homeless. Um, but single men have a lot of difficulty. There are no resources for single men. Um, take, for instance, we have, we have guys who have come here. You know, they've worked their, their whole lives working concrete work and construction, and um, they have just beat up their bodies. Um, you know, maybe they quit high school early and um, went and got a job. And so at 16, they've been working hard labor jobs, construction and concrete work, roofing, um, till they're 52 years old or 55 years old. Well, their hands don't work. They've fallen off roof, roofs. Their backs have been broken. They've hurt their knees. Um, however, even though you're you're hurt and you're you can't work, that does not mean that you're going to qualify for disability. And so we have a lot of men who there are no resources because they are not of Social Security age. However, they've worked for thirty plus years, thirty forty years, and so there are not the resources for them. That's why you see so many more homeless men. There isn't food stamps. There's not housing. Um, they get put lowest on the on the waiting list because you cannot have a mother and children um, homeless. And so that's a real challenge for so many men. Um, there aren't medical benefits for men either. And so, you know, that's where we see. And that's when people get depressed, they start to have mental health issues, and that's when, you know, alcohol, uh, alcoholism sets in. Because it's hopeless. It can be a hopeless situation. And so once they get to us, they're pretty well rock bottom. But we have case managers and we have um, client advocates here. We build those people back up. And we look at all of the positive things in their lives and we work really hard to help them get back on their feet and to get into stable housing. Mm. Gosh, that's, you explained that so well. It makes it so clear um, and, and just the clarity in which you bring to, to that, again, just something I would not have, have thought of, you know, especially those men working those kinds of jobs and how I can easily see that can spiral um, if, if, if it's allowed to. Um, and, and you mentioned you're in, a, in a, a temporary emergency shelter, so I'm assuming you guys probably have had the absolute worst 
uh, roadblocks with trying to keep people safe and, and your staff safe with the coronavirus restrictions and whatever else. Like when a person shows up, what, what does that look like and what extra tasks and, and financial and re- resource burdens did that bring to the hospitality house this year? Sure. At the very beginning, it was extremely difficult because nobody knew what this virus was about. We didn't really know how, how it was transmitted. We didn't know, you know, how severe it was. And, um, you know, all of these measures went into effect with no lingering, no loitering, um, six feet apart. You couldn't leave. You couldn't gather in spaces. There were ordinances in our city. And so we did uh, the best we could do. But we're not a huge facility. We have about 20,000 square feet. And so um, we, there was no such thing as social distancing in here. We had hand-washing stations brought in. We had masks, um, hand sanitizer everywhere. And what we did was just put chairs at as many places as we could. Um, we have a day room because we're a day shelter as well as an overnight shelter. So we opened up the overnight shelter during the day on the women's side and on the men's side to socially distance people. So we took the people who are at most risk of, of um, contracting the COVID-19, like our diabetics and people who have severe medical issues, um, and we put them, we gave them the option to go into the overnight room, and they could be away from people. But at the at the peak of COVID, um, you know, last spring and summer, we would have more than 100, 120 men inside during the day because there was nowhere for them to go. The fast food restaurants have all closed their dining rooms. The library is closed. Um, most places where, where people would congregate were closed. And then the ordinance said you couldn't have more than six people in a group at a time. <laughs> and so... We, we had to, to really lock down our doors and say, you have to stay inside. This is what we're going to do. So we had an activities coordinator that started doing walkathons, and we did chess tournaments, and we did beanbag tournaments, and um, bingo. And so just to keep people busy and to get their mind off of it, because many of our guests have health ailments. And, and everything on the news said that if you have diabetes, if you have um, heart disease or liver disease, this virus will kill you. And so then the anxiety was through the right. roof. Yeah. And so there were lots of challenges, but we overcame them. Um, you know, we, we, uh, our donors have been fantastic. They've been supporting us. However, um, our expenses went way up because we buy masks and we give people masks when they walk in the door. We have hand sanitizer. We have the hand washing stations. Um, you know, just the additional number of people coming to us that had nowhere else to go. And really our, city is quite locked down as well. Um, They can go outside, but our library is not letting people in. Um, The fast food restaurant dining rooms are not open, so they can't go just sit and have a cup of coffee somewhere. So we're still seeing those effects. Um, However, we are handling it very well now because now we know how to do this. Right, right. Wow, that's... I like how intelligent and smart... Uh, what you described was, I mean, I just, I, I couldn't be more impressed with how you, you explained how you guys manage that. Um, I guess my, my follow-up question is you've shared with us so much of the good work you guys are doing. I'm sure there are listeners who are like, wow, I, I'd really like to support 
this incredible mission that's taking place. How, how can people reach out and, and help you guys, Madeline? Absolutely. Well, we have a website, and you can go to that. It's really simple. It's uh, B as in boy, D as in dog, H as in house, H as in house, dot org. B-D-H-H dot org um, for the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. And that's what we do here. We offer hospitality because the people who walk through our doors are already as low as they're probably going to be. Um, you know, we work to build people up here, and, and you know, the folks that walk through our doors, they have already, they are already disappointed in themselves because they're at this point. And so we really work to um, greet people, put a smile on their face. Uh, we find as much joy as we can, and we spread that um, to them. We we acknowledge all of their small wins, whether it's to get a um, a job interview or to even even um, you know make contact with a family that they have been estranged from. We celebrate every win, and that makes people um, you know they're they're just more appreciative of of being here then. And they can't stay forever. It's a temporary emergency shelter. And so, you know, we run on donations um, of time and talent and treasure, all of the above. And we love our volunteers who come here as well. How how many volunteers do you regularly have, Madeline? Well, with the pandemic, it's been slow coming back. However, we can always use volunteers. We We need help at our front desk answering telephones. We love greeters. We have a check-in process every night. So every night, our guests have to check in like it's a brand new day. Every day here is a brand new day. And so um, just because they stayed here last night or the last 10 nights doesn't mean they're going to get the same bed. Um, We don't turn anybody away. However, they have to come in and do the check-in process. And so we like people to stand at the front door and say, hey, welcome to the Bishop Dudley House. We're glad you're here. Come over here and, and explain to people who might be new how this is going to work. That okay. makes all the difference in the world because we are a hospitality house. And we want people to know um, that when they come in through these doors, they are welcome here. And that we're going to do the best we can to, to help them get back to self-sufficiency. Awesome. Well, Madeline, thank you so much for your time. The, the story of the incredible work you're down, doing down there was inspiring to me, and I'm certain to all of our listeners, too. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Thank you. All right. Well, again, very sobering and just a bunch of really good information. There's lots of opportunities for us to, to get involved with our prayer time and whatnot. And on the other side of this break, we're going to find out while Real Presence Radio can certainly reach many corners of our listening area, we're going to explain to you a little bit about how we're breaking walls through prison ministry. And you'll get that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 